Welcome to our mental health awareness series where we have experts sharing on how to get your spark and emotional wellness back. Today's topic is about redefining productivity and our guest Dr. Dunn will be sharing simple strategies to help improve your focus and attention. Now, Dr. Alex Dunn is an assistant professor of management at the University of Mary Washington. Alex received her master's degree in industrial organizational psychology and her PhD in organizational science from UNC Charlotte. She currently teaches management, organizational behavior, and human resources in the undergraduate and MBA program at UMW. She has a passion for helping students discover their best selves, gain confidence in their skills, and graduate career ready. Now, Alex is a member of the Fredericksburg SHRM chapter and is SHRM CP certified. Her research focuses on creating more supportive work environments, fostering relationships between coworkers, and understanding how to develop well-managed and successful recruitment and orientation programs. Dr. Dunn's work has been published in numerous academic journals, books, and popular press articles. Dr. Dunn, thank you for joining us. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yes. Yeah, so you have such a fascinating career. Tell us more about your background and why you chose your field of study. So um, I graduated from UNC Charlotte about four years ago with my master's and my PhD. And when I was trying to decide as a undergraduate psychology major what I wanted to do with the rest of my life, um, I took my first industrial organizational psychology class and realized that I could help people in business. And so that's what I went to grad school for. And so one of the things that's really important to me and as norms and organizations change, we've come to realize that it's important that we keep employees motivated and engaged and interested in their work. And so that's really what I try and focus my research on. I also think that as we can create more supportive environments and be empathetic, um, people feel more comfortable speaking up and communicating. So that's part of what I do. The other part why I decided, I guess, to become a professor uh, is because one of the most rewarding parts of my job is, is seeing students gain confidence in themselves. And my favorite thing is when I get emails saying, I just got this job or I just got into grad school. And so that's why I do what I do. That's got to be such a cool feeling. Yeah. Let's go ahead and jump into focus intention because this has already been a hot topic even for, before the pandemic and definitely more so since 2020. I want to hear from your perspective, how has focus and attention changed for your students this past year? And how is it impacting them and their educational goals? So I didn't want to speak for my students. So I actually went and asked them a little bit about how their attention and their focus has changed. And a general theme that I got was that it's not that they're not interested or that they don't want to learn. It's that there's a lot of distractions. And those distractions come in the form of they're living with other people who are also doing virtual school or virtual work. They are trying to understand where they can hear, how to work, how to study with other people around. Um, and then they're also 
they have distractions from the computers, right? So I know on my laptop, I can get my text messages, I can get my emails, I can do other things while I'm on Zoom meetings. So um, eliminating those distractions seems to be another layer or another part of a cognitive load that they didn't necessarily have before everything went virtual. Um, so they've done a lot of things, I think, themselves to really try and manage working virtually. And I think that it's been a great learning lesson, although some of them it is has been emotionally exhausting, kind of just exhausting to get through it all. But I think they will take some of these skills that they've learned and really be able to translate that into jobs in the future, whether that's I've gotten better time management or I know how to organize my time. Um, I think that that has been a valuable lesson, whether they wanted to learn it or not. <laughs> yeah. And so distractions, this is something that we're constantly being, you know, bombarded with. How do you walk us through how you walk them through these challenges? Or do you believe that we're able to get rid of distractions or do you help them manage? How do you do that? I think a lot of it is them figuring out for themselves what works best. I think that it just really depends on the person and how distracted they are by some of those things that I just mentioned. Uh, a lot of what I try and do at the beginning of each class is just check in and see how they're doing and actually try and listen to what they're saying. And based on what they're saying, we have more of a conversation, I would say, rather than me just kind of telling them, well, here's what you should do and here's what research says you should do uh, to help them feel comfortable and recognize that it's not just them who might be struggling with some of these things, but there's a lot of people who are going through that same thing. And I always use myself as an example. I always try and talk to them and say, you know, yesterday I was really productive and then maybe tomorrow I'm not going to be as productive. And that is okay, right? Mm. As long as we can get done what we need to get done and we have goals for ourselves, it's okay if we don't get through everything that we wanna get through in a day. There's always tomorrow. <laughs> Yes. And so share some of the other challenges that they might be having or or tips that you provide them. So we talk about taking breaks a lot. I think that they feel like, especially with virtual work, how their computer is always there. It's in their dorm room. It's at home with them. It's wherever they are. And so we talk about how it's important to take breaks and how it depends on, again, what their schedule is. So maybe you work for a little bit on a weekend or you work for a little bit at night, but then maybe you can take some time off on a random Thursday or a random Tuesday afternoon if it's 80 degrees outside and sunny. So we talk about taking breaks and the importance of that. Um, we also talk a lot about just different skills that they might work on over time. So uh, we've talked through kind of understanding when they are most productive. So I always think it's interesting because I can see when they turn their assignments in. And I always think to myself, like, I could never work at two o'clock in the morning. I am sleeping for hours and hours and hours by that time. But for them, sometimes that's when they seem to be productive. And so we talk about how that's okay, but also recognizing when you're productive and when you're going to be able to do those bigger projects and take on those tasks and not have those distractions. So I think part of that is figuring themselves out and figuring out what works best. 
Yeah, that's a very important thing. Something that I've learned about myself. Like, I can't just jump out of bed and get things done like my husband can. I have to really take a, a good, solid morning routine yes. and coax myself into waking up. But once I get going, those that's the time that I can do the big rocks. Yes. Um, usually between 10 and 3 and then have the smaller tasks for the times I'm not so productive. Exactly. And with virtual school or virtual work, I think that people didn't necessarily, one, always have that option because you were in class from X time to X time. Um, And then figuring out what really does work for me because no one's telling me I need to be working at 8 a.m. or I need to be working at 3 p.m. So um, just kind of figuring out that schedule and reflecting, I guess, to some extent on what worked this week and what didn't and how can I change that? Mm, Yes. So if someone is listening today and perhaps they're an executive business owner or team member and they're struggling with feeling productive or focused, um, their energy might be on a constant drain. I've been calling it Zoom brain. (laughs) People have different words for it. What other tips or insights can you share with them? So I would really, like I said, think through when you are most productive. So you said between 10 and 3. I've realized that I like to actually get up really early because no one's like awake and actually emailing or Mm -hmm. there's no phone calls yet or whatever else there might be. So I try and get up and do some stuff between like 6 a.m. and 8 a.m. and then take a break and do my morning routine like you talked about and then go back to work. Um, So figuring out kind of what works like for you. Uh, Another thing in terms of really focusing and eliminating distractions and kind of helping you get into the flow of whatever project you might be working on is to think about when you schedule meetings. So if you have the flexibility to think really about do maybe I want to have a meeting day or you might call them manager days and then maybe you want to have work days or maybe you can have an afternoon that's a work afternoon and you actually put that on your calendar and block that off so that you eliminate any of those distractions that might be emails from other people so you actually close your email down and you don't take phone calls during that time and you put that on your schedule as your work time Uh, that seems to be helpful for people in terms of trying to eliminate some of those distractions. Other things that you might think about doing is creating a to-don't list rather than a to-do list. Uh. And the to-don't list is things that you're going to tell yourself to not do during work time um, to eliminate some of those distractions. So perhaps maybe your to-don't list includes, I'm not going to go on social media or I'm not going to do work in my bed or on my couch, I'm gonna make sure that I sit at my desk or I'm not gonna turn the TV on even though it's right there staring me in the face. So that to don't list can be kind of helpful in reminding you of what you're supposed to be focused on for that day. Yeah, I love that because I'm thinking in terms, sometimes I have to trick my brain or you know have some way to outsmart it. And I think my to-don't list might be actually longer than my to-do list. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. (laughs) But I think that's so powerful because sometimes what we do is we get, I know for me as a small business owner and I don't have someone overseeing me, making sure I'm managing my time well, I get to, you know, if I'm not watchful of my time, you know, 30 minutes, two hours can go by. 
that I've wasted because I've been distracted or I'm working on something I shouldn't be doing. Yes. I love that you pointed that out because usually we're focused on our to-do list, getting everything done, uh, and then we wonder where the time went. But yes. I'm thinking it might be because we're doing things we shouldn't be doing. For sure. And another way to kind of ease people into that idea of a to don't list is to also kind of set some norms, especially during meetings. I know, especially with the pandemic, meetings have become very, there's just more and more meetings. And, you know, you can look at your calendar and it's just meeting backs to back to back. So one of the things uh, that people have started talking about with meetings is if, say, you're, you have an hour meeting, you let people know at the beginning of the meeting, we will have a, you could call it a social media break or a email checking time 30 minutes into the meeting and then ask people to actually put those distractions away. If they know up front that they're going to get the opportunity to look at their emails or check their phones or whatever that might be, they're way more likely to put it away and not think about it for 30 minutes because they know that they're going to have an opportunity to do that. So thinking about creating norms around what that means even during meetings so that you can be more productive and focused is helpful. That's a fantastic tip just because if they're thinking about those meetings, that takes them away from being present. I mean, they might be sitting there in the seat you know, yes. on the video, but they might be a million miles away. Yes. <laughs> I know true. I've been guilty of that sometimes, yes. calling myself out there. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Yeah. So you've been sharing some great strategy tips. Um, there's also this attitude or mindset track, if you will, that goes along with our goals. And if that's derailed, it can affect our goals. And I know when I'm feeling energized and focused, I'm more productive and clear. And when I'm having an off day or week, it impacts my focus. What are some things that we can change in our mindset? So in terms of mindset, there's all these things that we can really focus on to help us be better time managers. And I think time management is an interesting concept to think about. And there's an organizational psychologist, his name is Adam Grant, and he uh, works at Wharton. And so he's actually a big researcher on time management and what that actually means. And when we think about the culture that we live in, everybody loves talking about how busy they are, right? Oh, I'm going from here to this, and then I have to take my kids to this practice, et cetera, et cetera. So we're really focused as a culture on the hustle, right, and being productive. And so Adam Grant kind of challenges that mindset, and he talks about instead of focusing on time management, we should focus on attention management. And the interesting thing about time management is that when we try and get good at time management, we spend time thinking about, we spend more time on how we're going to manage how our we're time, do it. Wow. which actually wastes more time. You're absolutely right. <laughs> like, how am I going to structure my day or how am I going to structure this task or how long should I allocate for this task to get done in, right? All of that is taking away resources from us actually doing the task. And so what Adam Grant talks about in this idea of attention management is that we need to really think more about instead of what do we need to get done, focusing and prioritizing the people and projects that are important and that matter to us. So he says that it should not really be how long is this going to take me, but your mindset should shift to 
why is this important? Mm. And then when you kind of understand why it's important, our motivation also changes. So it's rather than being extrinsically motivated of, I need to get this done and I can check this off my list, we're now more intrinsically motivated to understand, I'm doing this because it's going to help our project be successful or it's going to grow my small business in X, Y, and Z way. And so that changes our mindset from, I need to get this done to, it's important that I do this, but I also do it well. Wow, and and that to me speaks uh, you have to have clarity on why it's important to you. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, so time management versus attention management and the focus, if we shift to attention management, that's paradigm shifting. It is. And with everything that we talk about, whether it's trying to increase your time management skills or changing your mindset, this all doesn't happen in a day, right? This is work that you're going to need to put in and reflect on how am I doing or what did I do this week and we want to make small changes along the way my student I always talk with my students about setting smart goals right and how we need to be able to do those smart goals and if we set really challenging goals and we try and make these big changes we're never going to make any changes Mm. so setting those smart and uh, short goals along the way so that we can create those small wins for ourselves is important Yes. And I'm thinking, too, as we get clear and we create those wins, perhaps some of the things we've been working on have been distractions uh, just because we weren't clear Mm -hmm. and we can really start focusing and narrowing our attention. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Fantastic. So what is one thing you want our listeners to walk away with today? One thing that I think when we're trying to think about being productive and focusing our attention, I think recognizing that you're not the only person who's trying to figure that out is very important. And the more that we can talk about it and share tips with one another, um, the better that we can all get at it. Um, I mean, I hadn't really ever thought of, I'll just share one more example. One of my friends uh, has started this group, this work group, And they sit on Zoom together, even though they're working on different projects, and they turn their cameras off, but there's still somebody working with them. Um, And they work for 20 to 25 minutes, so they use the Pomodoro technique, and they work for 20 to 25 minutes in silence, and then they all together take a 10-minute break so that then they can talk and just get their minds off of whatever they're working on, and then they go back to working. I probably never would have thought of doing something like that by myself. Um, And so sharing little tips and tricks, I think, um, is a great way to just continue working on and creating these habits. And do you think that having someone else in that space, it creates this almost instant accountability because you know that the other person is. Yeah. So that's why they started doing it because they were all working on, they were, they're still in grad school. So they were all working on their dissertations, which can be a very isolating task to begin with. And so it would get them to sit down and actually start doing the task. And then they could have a few minutes to talk to somebody and then they could go back to the task. Okay, so I have to ask, because we talked earlier, and I, I told you I use the Pomodoro method. I have been for about three or f- three years. I yeah. absolutely love it to help keep me on focus, mm-hmm. and I've been passing on to clients. So tell me a little bit more on why that works. So the idea behind the technique is mostly that you are 
dedicated to a certain amount of hard work for that time span. And then it's kind of the same thing as what I was saying with the meeting, social media, or email break. You know that the break is coming. So it's easier, I think, for our brains to focus on smaller chunks of dedicated hard work time knowing that that break is coming. So it just gives you kind of this routine that you can get into. And then as you start to develop that habit, of course, you can say to yourself, maybe I'll try and do 30 minutes of work or 40 to 45 minutes of work and then take a break. So it really just depends on the project that you're working on and what works best for you. Yeah. And that that break is it's like a reward. Yes. It's like, phew, I get to <laughs> do something fun. <laughs> but it also makes sure that you eliminate all of those distractions so that you are productive. Yes. You can say, I can I can actually not look at my emails for 30 minutes. Two hours might seem like a really long time, and I'm afraid to of what I'm gonna come back to in two hours, right? But 30 minutes I can deal with, right? And then I can take a few minutes to do whatever I need to do and then go back to the important thing. Yeah. And that almost, for me, it seems like a, it's like a small step, but it, it it's a success. And mm-hmm. I would imagine if someone were to have these small consecutive successes, you know, they're going to feel like they've, wow, I've had a really good productive day. And that's a really good point too, in terms of reflecting when you think about it, if even if you just reflect on the day and you can look back and say, I got X, Y, and Z done, right? That's fulfilling and that's gratifying, which is then going to motivate you to continue doing that Pomodoro technique or whatever it is that's working. So it's that that nice feedback loop that creates those good habits. Fantastic. So think about it. What is one thing that Dr. Dunn shared today that spoke to you? It could be a step of action or just a new awareness you had about yourself. What is that one thing? And then ask yourself, what will I do with that one thing? It could be putting it on your calendar, could be setting a timer or sharing some piece of wisdom with your team member or friend. But the key is to take what you learned and put it into motion right away. So Dr. Dunn, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us and providing us with valuable insights. And for those who joined us, thank you for investing in your time and growth. Be well, everyone.